This is the Sideline Distant Podcast, coming to you from YouTube and iTunes. Follow me on Twitter, as always, at the Brad Whitaker. I am the Brad Whitaker. Lots to talk about today. All NBA. Uh, All-Star game was last night, and as always, it just lacked any semblance of defense. Uh, the commentators on TNT were talking about at halftime how great it would be if uh, both the Eastern Conference team and the Western Conference team reached 200 points. Ooh, wouldn't that be exciting? Yes, because everyone loves to watch players run up the court and see no defensive effort or anything. I mean, it was so painful. LeBron James was shooting three-pointers from half-court. It was so bad. All right, I'll get to the my criticism of the NBA All-Star Game in a second, uh, but first... Big blockbuster deal uh, was announced last night. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans acquired uh, DeMarcus Cousins in a trade uh, with the Sacramento Kings. They acquired Cousins and Squigman Omri Caspi, 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 I don't know, uh, in exchange for Buddy Heal, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, 2017 first round pick, and a 2017 second round pick. Now, if you've watched... Any uh, sports media outlet, or you've been reading the blogs this morning, or anything like that, uh, particularly ESPN, you will not hear any praise for the Sacramento Kings on this deal. I'm just, I'm pulling up a story right here. Uh, Amin El Hassan, if I'm pronouncing that correct, on ESPN. He's an ESPN quote unquote insider. Honestly, this is why you don't appoint a team president, Vladi Divac, with zero experience. To walk away with a vanilla 23-year-old rookie buddy healed. I love how him being 23 years old is considered old in the NBA's eyes. A middling 2017 first-round draft pick. That only figures to get worse as the season progresses. And a second-rounder for a player of Cousins' caliber indicates either a gross misunderstanding of his value on the trade market or massive incompetence in negotiating strategy. Now, I do agree a little bit that there is this bizarre, nostalgic trend going on in the NBA. We see it with the Los Angeles Lakers and Magic Johnson, and you see it with the, the Kings and Vlade Divac, Divac, however you pronounce it. A lot, of, a lot of hard names to pronounce in the beginning of this podcast. Uh, I, there's this nostalgic trend of appointing former players uh, that the fans love as the general manager of the team, as if that's going to make a difference. And for the most part, it doesn't pan out. It doesn't pan out. Managers are managers, players are players. I think the, the sole exception is Danny Ainge with the Boston Celtics. And uh, but Danny Ainge is a hard worker. He went to he's, he's a Mormon or whatever. He works hard and he's a good general manager. And and I think Mormons can be general managers of every NBA team. If I ran an NBA organization, the entire management structure would be run by Mormons. Uh, but here's, here's, I don't understand the criticism here. Now, I'm not saying DeMarcus Cousins isn't a talented player. He's, he's probably the most talented low post player in the NBA. And he's playing, uh, with the most versatile big man in the NBA, at least the most versatile since Kevin Garnett in Anthony Davis. And it's going to be fun to watch those two players play side by side. But look at the NBA standings. Sacramento Kings, and here's the criticism. The Kings are on the verge of being a playoff team with a 
amazing 24 and 33 record. Oh, wow. And like, like they're going to get out of the first round as the eighth seed against the Warriors or the seventh seed against the Spurs or the Rockets as the sixth seed. And then j- just behind them, half game behind them, or, or a full game behind them, are the New Orleans Pelicans. They're the 11th seed currently in the Western Conference. And now everybody says New Orleans is a shoe-in to make the playoffs because they have DeMarcus Cousins. Look, everyone talking about how Sacramento didn't get enough in return for DeMarcus Cousins hasn't been paying attention. And here's the, here's the example I'm going to use. Carmelo Anthony. How many teams are trying to get Carmelo Anthony in the NBA right now? It seems like right now, you can give up the least at any point in Carmelo's career to pick him up on your team because his value in New York has never been lower. And teams still don't want him. Now you take, Carmelo's a head case and he doesn't pass the ball. He's still a talented player. He's still one of the best players in the league. But you can make the exact argument for DeMarcus Cousins, who's an even greater head case than Carmelo Anthony. I really believe, call me crazy, I really believe the Kings are going to be a better team now that DeMarcus Cousins is gone. Alright? I could be wrong, but ask me at the end of the season, are they a better team? And the, and the, this... What, Langston Galloway? What, why would you pick up Langston Galloway and Tyreek Evans? Well, their contracts are up at the end of the season. And you know whose contract is going to be up at the end of next season? DeMarcus Cousins. And he was not going back to Sacramento. And say what you want about the Pelicans are going to have a middle-of-the-road draft pick The Kings, they got their first-round draft pick, New Orleans, and a second-round draft pick, all for next year. They get Buddy Heald, who, yes, I understand has been a bit of a disappointment, but he's still the Stephen Curry prototype. You need shooters in today's NBA, and he's a good defender, although he's been a bit mediocre this season, but he's still a rookie. And just because he's 23 years old doesn't make him old to all the NBA scouts out there that get turned off by juniors and seniors coming out of college as if they're these ancient guys going into the NBA. Maturity matters. Culture matters. Work ethic matters. And I'm a big analytics guy. I'm I'm learning a lot about analytics right now. But you cannot be all analytics. You can't just say, I mean, 538, uh, analytically driven in uh, the sports and politics realms, Headline, the Kings got fleeced in the Cousins trade. According to an, uh, I'm I'm quoting them, according to an updated version of 538's Carmelo projections, which assumes uh, Cousins' production will remain steady for the remainder of the season, we'd expect Cousins to produce 46.5 wins above replacements over the next six seasons and the value equivalent to 284.4 million on the open market. That's a top 10 projection in the league over that period, and one that dwarfs the expected projection of players coming back to Sacramento. And then it talks about how big of a disappointment Buddy Heald has been, only shooting 37% from three in his rookie season. Oh, he sucks so much. 
Look, the, the Kings, it's going to take them a while to contend for a championship. But DeMarcus Cousins was gone at the end of next season anyway. Sacramento didn't want to sign him to an extension, despite the rumors that came out this weekend saying they wanted to. We knew that wasn't going to happen. And in fact, they got the most in return for DeMarcus Cousins that, that they possibly could. Because he's a head case. He's an absolute head case. And you can't have these kind of distractions on your team. You're not going to win basketball games because of it. I don't care how talented he is. And he is the most talented low post player in the NBA. He really is. But it doesn't matter because he creates distractions in the locker room. Look, if you're going to run an, if you're going to run an NBA organization, I'd go 75% analytics, 25% culture. And if you do that, you got to throw DeMarcus Cousins out of the mix. And look, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Lottie Divock being the general manager of the Sacramento Kings. And now everyone's assuming the Kings are going into tanking mode, which they may be, uh, which a lot of Kings fans are pissed about. They have a brand new arena, and uh, they're on the verge. They're the ninth seed in the Western Conference right now. Uh, they have a shot at the sixth seed. But it doesn't matter, even if the Kings made the playoffs. They'd be swept by Golden State or San Antonio. Even if they got a little bit better, they'd be lucky to get out of the first round next season. You have to rebuild under those circumstances. The NBA is so top-heavy right now. And what's the formula for winning in today's NBA? It's to have the most superstars on your team. But those superstars have to complement each other, and they can't be distractions. The second Draymond Green became a distraction for the Warriors in last year's playoffs, they started deteriorating. This stuff happens. You see it all the time. And look, I'm just not buying this idea that having the most superstars is the way to win in the NBA. I believe in the Spurs philosophy more than anything. They don't have the most talented players, not even close. But they have the most consistent, efficient players And they look at things objectively. They're the New England Patriots of the NBA. And I think that's the way to win in the league. And there are barely any teams like that. I think the Boston Celtics are getting there. I really do. I think they have the second best team culture in the NBA. And because of that, they could contend with the the, the Cavs in the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they could push them to six, maybe even seven games especially if they are able to add a rebound here before the trade deadline occurs. But, look, DeMarcus Cousins was never going to carry the Sacramento Kings deep into the postseason. And the Kings weren't, regardless if they made the playoffs this year, improved and made it again next year as like a fifth seed. They weren't going to contend with the Warriors or the Spurs or even the Rockets or the Clippers. It just wasn't going to happen. This is how you build teams in the NBA. Now, are those draft choices going to pan out? Probably not. But everyone's saying, oh, the Kings, How you know how much of a cap hit Tyreek Evans and Langston Galloway have on the Kings? Well, they're free agents. It doesn't matter. They're, they're going to have so much cap space at the end of the season. And I don't get the idea that Sacramento is going to be a big-name free agent destination in the offseason. And they may be one of the worst in the Western Conference for the next couple of years. That's fine. 
They're going to build around Buddy Heald. I don't know if Buddy Heald is the next big superstar, but this is an organization that was not going places. And at least now, they have somewhat of a plan, rather than holding out on DeMarcus Cousins and having all these trade rumors floating around. They got the most in return they possibly could. Alright? This is the Knicks. The Knicks want to trade Carmelo Anthony to the Clippers and get Blake Griffin in return. It will not happen, because they cannot get a player like Blake Griffin in return. Players that are superstars, but also distractions, do not win in the NBA. It's n- They've never won. Stephon Mar- Marbury. When he, he, he was a distraction in Minnesota, he was a distraction in uh, New York. What other players? Russell Westbrook. Oh, he's, 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 he's the most talented player in the NBA, everyone says. Oh, those triple doubles are so amazing. But he, he's a ball hog, holds onto the ball too long, dribbles out the shot clock, and creates these unnecessary conflicts off the court. You can't have all these distractions and expect to win consistently in the NBA. It just doesn't work. And the Kings were hitting a dead end with DeMarcus Cousins, and they made the deal they should have. So, uh, I, I, I try to watch the NBA All-Star Game every year, and it's always painful, but I think last night's game was by far the most painful in, in uh, NBA All-Star Game history. Nobody, nobody cares about competing. Obviously, there's no defense out there or anything, but the whole All-Star Weekend as a whole was a bust. You know, the three-point shootout wasn't anything exciting. You had a big man win the skills competition. And then, uh... <laughs> and then the slam dunk contest was a snooze. And nobody cares about the Rising Stars Challenge. Ooh, I don't even... Was it, what, rookies or sophomores? International versus Americans? I don't know what it was, but... Nobody watches. Nobody cares. Nobody likes the Celebrity All-Star Game. Let's scrap this... The All-Star Game as a whole. That's my idea. Let's just get rid of it. Do uh, That's what I think the NFL should do with the Pro Bowl. It's sad. There's only one All-Star Game that works out, and that's the MLB All-Star Game. And it's always been fun. It's always been competitive. And uh, the one year everyone was annoyed, it ended in a tie, and they, they overcompensated by adding this... The winner of the All-Star Game, uh, the league that wins the All-Star Game will get home field advantage in the World Series. They didn't need to do that. If there's any organization that needs to do something like that, it's the NBA. Now, I'm not saying they should uh, have the winner of the NBA All-Star Game uh, have home field ad- home court advantage in the NBA Finals. That's, that's not my theory. I think they should just scrap the game as a whole. And I actually heard an idea from Stephen A. Smith, who I rarely agree with, uh, on what to do with the NBA Slam Dunk Contest, which again was an absolute bore. Uh, he said you you find the best dunkers around the country. They don't have to be in the NBA. They don't have to be in the Development League or anything. But you just find the best dunkers and have them compete and have them bring their creativity in. Well, what, 
somebody dropped a drone, uh, had a drone drop a basketball in the slam dunk contest, and it, and it was, <laughs> it was so pointless. The drone, the ball dropped out of the drone and bounced off the floor, and he alley-ooped it. Wow. Very exciting. Look, if you're not going to get the best superstars to compete in the dunk contest every year, which the NBA rarely does. I mean, it was cool DeAndre Jordan was in it, I guess, because he's such a power dunker, but he's also seven feet tall. You shouldn't have a seven-foot center in the NBA slam dunk contest. Get LeBron in there. Throw him some money. All right, everyone wants to see LeBron in the slam dunk contest. Make it happen. That's what you remember. You remember Michael Jordan. You remember Kobe. You remember Vince Carter. You remember these guys and their iconic dunk contest. Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins. Those are the competitions you remember. You need to get LeBron in that contest. If not, then find the best dunkers in the contest and don't worry about the NBA. I think the three-point shootout's not that bad. But that's what you should do. Just get rid of the All-Star game and... Try to enhance the skills competition a little bit. LeBron James was taking half-court three-point shots for no apparent reason in the All-Star game last night. Now, is that quality basketball? Do people really want to see that? I don't, I don't get this idea. Nobody pays attention to defense, and, and, and none of the players do. Nobody cares. I mean, it's... That is not, <laughs> that, that is worse than if Jimmy Butler and LeBron and Isaiah and Kyrie and Curry and Durant all just got together one day to play a pickup game. The Drew League is ten times more exciting than the NBA All-Star game. It's time to get rid of it. I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how you create an incentive for players to try. I think I think giving home court advantage to the the winning conference might be a bit overkill, but maybe you consider it. Another one of Stephen A's ideas, you you know, the winning team gets 250 grand per player, 500 grand uh, or no, 500 grand for the uh, per player for the winning team, 250 for each player in the losing team. These are players with guaranteed multi-million dollar contracts. They don't care about that kind of money. They're clearly not fighting to win the game. So maybe maybe the idea is you up up the pay a little bit and let players donate to whatever charity they'd like. Maybe that's a way of doing it. But, I mean, unless you're giving these players millions of dollars to win the game, you know, maybe give them each two million and then, I, I don't even know. Or what, what is it, 25000 or 50000 It's It doesn't work. You can't have this many superstars out there just playing all buddy-buddy. Nobody likes the NBA where everyone's laughing and having a good time. That's that's not the kind of basketball people want to watch. I, wa- I wanted to see LeBron James go up against Kevin Durant and, and have both players play aggressive defense. I mean, it's not that hard to do. At least try to play a little bit of defense. But that game last night was atrocious. And again, you had the TNT commentators at halftime saying, wouldn't it be exciting if both teams somehow reached 200 points? Ooh, then we'd get 400 points of basketball. Wow, isn't that... 
that that's the standard now for the NBA All Star Game is to ha- to score two hundred points. <laughs> it's time to get rid of this. All right, so that's it for today's podcast. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully back on the video end. And uh, again, I think the Sacramento Kings are better off getting rid of DeMarcus Cousins. At least they have a way of building a championship team. Uh, So maybe I'll touch on that again tomorrow in the podcast. Uh, But until then, I bid you adieu.